Hello friends, thank you for joining Thinking Differently with Kathy Rhodes. I'm Kathy. I'm very excited to have you with us today because today I'm going to share with you an interview that I did with my friend Bruce Peeper. It wasn't really an interview, it was a conversation that has so much dynamic power in it. If you've ever been challenged with people, <laughs> if you've ever struggled with, with handling different types of behaviors, wow, Bruce has some golden nuggets to share. Before I, we dig into this conversation though, I want to give you a little bit of understanding of some of the things we talk about. We have some acronyms that we're going to reference. We have some different uh, training and learning that we both are a part of that we do reference. And if you've been a follower of this podcast for, for some time, you've also received this information. But for those of you that are new to this podcast, I'm going to give you a quick, quick understanding of the DISC behavioral style that we referenced during today's conversation. DISC is spelled D-I-S-C, and it's a behavioral assessment program that I use a lot when I'm training and coaching, and so does Bruce. So, so we reference the different letters and the different behaviors. I want to give you a baseline understanding before we dig in. D-I-S-C. The D behavior, we'll start at that at the beginning. These people are very fast-paced and task-focused. Okay, these people like to like to get things done. That is their fuel. They are determined and dedicated and doers and sometimes demanding. <laughs> these people love a challenge and they also love change. If change is not happening, they're going to create change. Oh, but they don't really like rules. Rules are for everybody else, kind of like the speed limit, right? Good idea for everyone else. But as for me, I'm okay going above the speed limit. Uh, these, these people as well, those, those doers and, and very driven people, they like to win. And they really will win. They'll find whatever they can to win. They like to get things done every day. Check those things off the list. And these people are about 3% of the world. Okay, let's move over to the I. The I's are also fast-paced, but the I's are people-focused. The I's are influential and inspiring and in the moment and interesting. You never know what they're thinking or what they're going to do next. <laughs> These people are all about having fun. And if fun is not happening, they will bring it. They will be the fun. They'll crack a joke. They'll bring the candy. They'll, they will create the fun. Very, very exciting and, and on stage are the eyes. The eyes are about 11% about of the people in the world. All right, let's move on to the S. The S's now change their speed. The S's have more of a steady pace to them, and they are also people-focused. S stands for steady, stable, secure, safe. They're also shy and the sweetest people you'll ever meet. S's are the best team players. They love peace and harmony. They also love procedures and processes and understanding how things are working or how we are going to make it work. Peace and harmony is the driving fuel of an S. 69% of the world is an S. Most of the world fits this behavioral style. These people don't necessarily like change either, but they can change. They just sit on it a little bit. 
This is important to understand because this is most of the world. This is most of the people that we interact with. And then the final letter is the letter C. If you're doing the math, which I know if you're a C, you are doing the math. This is 17% of the people in the world. They are very cautious, calculated, compliant. Compliant means that they follow the rules. Well, they follow the rules because they created the rules. These are the best researchers I know. I mean, they're going to dig in deep and look at all possible options before they ever make a decision. The C's really find fuel with accuracy. 100% accurate is what they're driving for. And like I said, these are 17% of the world. Well, Bruce is from Alabama and he works for NASA in Huntsville, Alabama. I'll give you a little spoiler alert. Bruce's behavioral style is the complete opposite of the engineers that he works with. So this is why I wanted to talk to him and, and share our conversation with you because how does he do it? How does he connect with people so different than him? How does he make it work? And he's going to share some great tidbits that I'm so thankful this is recorded because I've been listening to it over and over again, just capturing another little piece that I can use when I'm interacting with people. Enjoy today's conversation. I am so blessed to call Bruce my friend. So Bruce, thank you. Thank you for speaking into me. Thank you for blessing me and allowing me to bless all of you. Enjoy. We've talked in the past and I'm always intrigued because I know you and I know your personality and you know in the disc world you are an I and I also know that you work in a world of C's which are night and day different. So my whole the whole podcast is about thinking differently. I want to I want to hear from you. How how do you well first of all share where you work and what you do and who you work with or you know the types of people. But then also talk about you know who you are and and how you make this work because you are so different from the rest of your world. Well, that's a great question, uh, Kathy. So as you know, <clears throat> I'm currently working for uh, NASA, and I'm housed at Marshall Space Flight Center. And I've been here seven years currently. And that's such a great question that you asked me, because actually when they interviewed me, one of the questions that came up was we related to we have a lot of people that are C's, you know, people down here are engineers, very scientific, very down in the details. And I have a big personality being in the high eye, but I'm also on ID. So I have an I and I have D. And they said, um, how, how do you adapt to that? And I said, I pulled out my disc. I had it with me for the interview because I wanted them to see it. That's and I awesome. said, well, let me, let me tell you what I know about people. Um, I said, um, I understand people and I understand how to adapt through emotional intelligence to their style rather than asking them to adapt to my style. So I know how to scale it back. I know how to slow it down. I know how to pump the brakes. And when I started studying DISC, oh, 20 plus years ago, my mentor who took me under his wing and taught me DISC said, Bruce, you just need to understand that people who are 
in this sea world, this highly conscientious world, they're going to look at you and consider you fake. I said, what are you talking about? He said, they're essentially very non-emotive. They work very hard to guard and protect their emotions. They don't just fully let themselves go. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind that because with opening up, brings vulnerabilities and sometimes they're not sure they want to open up those vulnerabilities. So consequently they're non-emotive. They just work very hard to control their emotions, figure things out logically. And you're so emotive that people are going to look at you and go, you're fake. And Kathy, I didn't like that, <laughs> that concept. I'm fake. <laughs> But that was from my vantage point, and I had to learn to shift to somebody else's perspective and where they're coming from and respect their, their lens of the world. And initially, I used to get really defensive about that whole concept. You know, I'm not fake. I'm not fake. But it doesn't matter if I'm going to have a connection with somebody I've got to remove that. And so I, there are things I can do to pump the brakes and slow down the emotion. So I don't always have to be totally emotive. Um, I told them in the interview, I know how to back off. Yeah. You know, through emotion, emotional intelligence, you know, you have to know, you got to have self-awareness, you got to have self-management, you got to be able to back off. And so that's what I, I work on. But to be honest with you, it is not always an easy thing for me to do. It's only been through discipline that I've learned to manage myself. So I met you a year ago, not even a year ago, I think it was, that I met you through my husband, right? Through our connections. And in the past year, you, whether it's through John and I or you and I, we just have a huge connection. And then we got to travel together to Papua New Guinea back in December. And I was in this ultra sensitive mode that I was observing everything. Not only going to a new country was I, you know, observing that, but I was just observing everything. And right away I was, I was journaling the whole trip. And right away when, when I saw you in, I think we met up in Brisbane, you know, airport or whatever, whenever that all was happening, the things that I was documenting were exactly what you said and I love that that you bring this up because I thought oh my gosh I know you I know who Bruce is but he is so in tune right now with who I am and you were calling me out all the time like oh there's Kathy's D coming out I love how you <laughs> take charge <laughs> yeah but 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 that is what totally connected i mean just in that trip you know just how in tune you were with the people you are around does it ever get to a point where it becomes really hard for you and you forget that you need to focus on others let me share this analogy um when i first got exposed to disc i didn't know i didn't know i i had no idea i had no idea about people, behaviors, body language, tone, you know, Dr. Albert Moravian did some incredible things on, you know, what you pay attention to, you know, 55% of communication comes through body language. People are talking. Are you paying attention? Are you looking, you know, and then 38% of their communication comes through their tone and 7% is the words. And so I put a lot of effort into just shutting up 
and engaging my eye gate so that I can watch people. And then I listen to people, their tone. And then I listen to the words and what type of words are they using? So my original mentor, the one that told me people were going to consider me a fake, he really took me under his wing and he poured into me and taught me how to move from you don't know, you don't know to you know, you don't know. Okay. Mm. So I could see Kathy and I'm like, okay, what? She just took charge there. Oh, wow. She stepped into that space. Here we go. You know, <laughs> and, and but rather than saying those things and being off put by that, I now understand and I try to watch people to see how they're wired. So I went through this whole process of you don't know, you don't know, to you know, you don't know. And then I studied, I studied, I studied to master this thing. And then I came to the point where, you know, you know, and finally, you don't know, you don't know. And I can't even turn it off now. I immediately back off and I watch people and I watch people and I just, okay, they're talking to me. How do they want to be dealt with? You know, is she a D? She wants to go. Let's go. Keep it happening. Does she want more detail? Um, and so I've just worked on that skill. <laughs> so it never becomes tiresome. It's just become like a language to me. And as you know, I'm studying Spanish, so I'm trying to master that language. And right. I study it every day, every day for an hour, hour and a half a day. And it and people are that way too. They fascinate me. And I want to make connections because obviously I'm an I. The best way to connect is to find out what language they speak and type of personality they are and meet them where they are. Don't bring my language. So like I'm doing now, I'm a run on sentence here, just showing you my eye. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love it because I want I want my friends to see who you are, but also to see that we have the, well, I call it superpower. Okay. Yeah. I have, a, I have a whole online program that talks about our superpowers and behavioral intelligence is one of them. So is emotional intelligence, thought, intelligence, attitude, and accountability. Those are the five. And those sound really great. And those sound easy to learn. They're really, really easy. But I know myself, I struggle staying in the superpower. I cater to just who I am so often. This weekend, I was talking to somebody who very interestingly, she becomes an I under stress. She's a D, but under stress, she's a DI. And we were talking, John and I, when I say we, we were talking things through with her, helping her to understand what it might look like. And she says, oh, so bottom line, I need to forget about myself. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's right. And then she came back to me later and she's like, but what if they are not thinking of me? What would you say to her? <laughs> she was frustrated because there was a conflict and the C, the CD was not even recognizing who she was or what she needed. That's a great question. What would I say to her? <clears throat> I would say what my mentor going back, my original mentor said to me, um, take your hands and put them out in front of you and extend them outward around your body. So you draw a circle around yourself. And I said, literally, he goes, yeah, do that. I want you to take, take your hands out here, draw a circle. And okay. Okay. And I did that. And he said, who's in that circle? 
uh, duh, I'm in the circle. <laughs> he said, you can only work on the person in the circle. You can't control whether or not somebody else is thinking about you. And so I, I would work with her to draw a circle and say, who's in your circle? That's all you can control. It's that circle, you know, of control. And the more you control the person in that circle and not allow, oh, she's not thinking about me. He's not thinking about me. The better you're going to be because you can only control how you respond. You know, Dr. Stephen, Stephen Covey talks a lot about the the gap between, you know, impetus and response. You know, you got something to happen to you. Um, impetus, that that thing, they cut you off. They You were talking and they dismissed you in, in your story in your head. Right. Your response is, is what's going to happen. But there's always a gap. There's a space. And Covey said, in between impetus and response is always choice. And you make that choice. Are you going to stay in that space? Are you going to keep the focus on that person? If they're dismissive, do you need to correct them? Yeah, some of us would, you know, right. or, or do you just stay in that space and let them empty their cup, whatever they're saying and thinking and feeling, and when the right to be heard, if they're not thinking about me, you can't control that. That's not in your circle. And it happens all the time. Yeah. So for me, if you watched me in Brisbane or on the trip, I can only control the person in that circle and I'm going to control and give my attention to that other person because they're talk to me. Something I need to learn that they're saying with their body language or their tone. And I try to go to a much deeper level quickly by just paying attention and shutting up. You're really, you're really good at it. So let's go back to your role here at NASA. And, and when I think of NASA, I think of the astronauts, right? The, the team, what I see on TV or what I see in movies. And when you say they're, they're technical and they're deep in the details. And I also know that these, these types of behaviors need to trust you before they'll ever like you. So how have you gone through that process to gain their, their trust so that you truly can share and influence with the stuff that you're, you're, you're teaching. So again, I come in very deliberate, very intentional, find out where they are. And I will paper the emotion. And one of the things that's very important to a C personality, conscientious type, you know, the very analytical, reserved, precise, private, systematic is competency. And I know that and C's place a high value on somebody being a subject matter expert because they like to be a subject matter expert. And so I, I push myself to stay on top of my game and to not just bring it from a place of fluff. You know, I try to curtail the, the, the BS, the fluff stuff. And I really, I come from a place of research and science and back things up that way rather than just strong emotion. They're very, I say they are, I mean, we have, we have astronauts and flight controllers and that's basically who I, who I, I get to work with. Um, I do training and coaching and consulting and mentoring and support the 
the International Space Station flight control teams, people that are in the room. And so they're very detailed and they're very scientific. And so I win the right to earn their respect by being a colleague when it comes to being competent in my field, uh, being able to add value to them. Um, I take them on a journey because my style is very different from their approach on doing things. But it's just amazing how doors have been opened for me. And I'm so grateful that I can speak into their lives. And they are now, they have a receivability factor that's high because of my approach is to speak their language, to bring it down to them. Hope that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I think about interactions that I have with people in that sea world. You know, it's, it is. It's your typical accountants and lawyers and doctors and astronauts and engineers and these very deeply technical thinkers that at times I have felt and a lot of the feelings I have are not true. They're not justified. You and I have talked about that. But a lot of times I felt like I had to prove myself to them because you can see the skepticism on their mm -hmm. face and you can even see some of their mannerisms that they just know they know more and they know you don't. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So, so yeah, talk to us a little bit about how you have gained that respect because you are who you are and you're not going to turn into a C. You are still Bruce, who is high I, high D. So talk about, you know, you've already said you're focusing on what you can control, but, but relating to them, but, but what else to, to gain their, their, their trust and their respect? So as we understand, like in particular, it seems like we're focused on the C's, you know, me being an I, but C's are uh, very analytical. And I understand that. And I respect that about them because they like to study things at a much greater detail than I've, than I've done. And so when I, when I approach them, I come alongside them as the subject matter experts and ask for that, you know, hey, we need to chew into this thing, whatever we're working on as we collaborate on this. And them being so analytical, I, I love it when we can work side by side and I tell them, you're going to see things I can't see. I, and I need you to redirect me because I can be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. I mean, I'm a, I can be a chasing the next shiny object kind of guy right. in the past. And <clears throat> I just ask them and invite them to bring their best self to really analyze this project we're working on, this product we're developing. I need their best self to push in, regardless of how strong I am and how I can talk circles around them. I need to invite them to, they're very analytical, analytical and they're reserved. That's from an emotional standpoint. They're, they're sometimes not going to let their emotions out. They're going to control those things. I just, I just invite them into the space to, to not be reserved with me. And so I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff with C's because they are, they're more private, analytical reserve. They're very precise. So if they say it's going to be accurate, it's going to be measured. Uh, they're very private, so they don't really open up a lot. That's why I do the one-on-one -on -one stuff with them. Um, ask if I can meet with them, send them an email in advance. Might we get a few minutes and talk about this? These are strategies I use. Um, is this a good time? Even after they've agreed it's a good time, 
I'll I'll ask them when I come to their office and say, I know we agreed on this. Is this still a good time? I'm always being considerate and thoughtful of them because they're so conscientious of time and schedule. Like even this morning, you know, stepping into to this call, um, I knew we had said it, we needed to do it. We had a challenge, but I'm always stepping into their space, their world, their lens. And how much time do you think this will take? But I always try to send them emails in advance, give them pre-warning. Hey, I want to talk maybe next week sometime when you've got the bandwidth um, to make them comfortable. And they're very systematic, so they don't like to break their systems. You know, they've got their processes. And so I could be an interruption to their flow. So those are just a few things that I try to do. Um to invite them, give them permission, challenge me, uh, rein me in, rein me in. I, I laugh. I say, you do the research and I'll have the clicker and sell it. Right. You know, so um, they will build some things and we'll collaborate and work on some things. I'm thinking of somebody right now in a project on we're doing some diversity, equity, inclusion and accessibility work together. And that's exactly the way that it went. Oh. He's gold. He's gold. Um, he does the research and I get up and I can help shape the conversation in public. And he's happy to let me speak and <laughs> I'm happy to give him credit <laughs> as being the subject matter expert. Oh, that's that's beautiful. Okay, so I heard you say we've been talking about the C's, right? Let, let's let's turn it a little bit. Let's talk about you as an I. Because you mm -hmm. mentioned earlier, you've been studying Spanish, and yes, you know you you're you've gamified your Spanish, and there's points you need to make sure you keep even when you're traveling abroad. I loved watching you, and I loved the interaction that got to happen in Brisbane when we were shopping, and our friend Maria was working at a store, and you just boom right into her language, and she even was had the opportunity to critique your language a little bit. <laughs> But knowing that you're an I and knowing that, like you said, shiny object syndrome, and you're just quickly moving from one thing to the next, you really embrace diving in and studying things, whether it was DISC 20 years ago or if it's Spanish today, that is not a normal characteristic of an I. Is that a taught, a, a learned habit of yours? Or, or talk to us about that. Yes, it is a learned habit. That's a great lead-in question. Uh, when I was 14 years old, my dad introduced me and our whole family. He came home one day and he said, we're going to take this, memorize the Bible course, and we're going to memorize all these verses. And he brought home this green book called Memorize the Word. And I'm just like, what? You know, I'm 14 years old. I want to be you know, playing football. I don't, you know, I don't, but what he did in that process is he taught me a process of learning and it just riveted my world. It, and I didn't realize it at the time. I was kind of resistant at the time, but I'm not just an IMD. So I have a little bit of competition within me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn these verses faster than my siblings are. And and I really took it seriously. And so I developed a process for studying and a process for learning that I didn't even realize was happening when I was 14 years old, because basically it's, it's a five finger philosophy. And 
the first thing that that comes into play is is hearing and when you talk about the bible the bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god so i'm like okay so you got to hear it so that became part of my process of studying um i would listen to it audio books audio tapes and then the second thing is reading so i would read and I would read it and I would read these verses. I had this little pouch that I carried around me with verses. We learned verses like three verses a week. And the next week we learned three new verses, but we had to repeat all six verses before. And we went on and on and on. We ended up learning like 78 verses. So, so it starts with hearing and then reading and then studying. I didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to focus. You know, I was everywhere, nowhere, same time. But I learned to study. I learned to study. And you study very intently. And there's scripture that talks about study to show yourself approved unto God. And the next phase was memorize. Memorize. That was an important part of the whole memorization thing. And then finally, meditation, where you sit and you think about things. And you just slow down and ponder that whole meditation piece. And there's a lot of scripture about that and the value and benefits of meditating. So I took from these five fingers, you hear it, you read it, you study it, you memorize it, you meditate on it. And I've carried that on through life with everything I've learned in study. And it, it translated into setting up systems and processes for how I do things today. And that's what I do to study today. It's crazy. Um, everything I do is at a whole nother level, which isn't natural for an eye who. I had to develop disciplines. I had to develop systems. I like how you just said you had to develop disciplines and systems. They're not the same thing. And it's very important that that you do differentiate that. And I, I love the system of, of learning because, yeah, as an I, you can be so sporadic and interested in moving on much quicker than actually learning you know i i get interested in moving on before i really even learned anything i'm just now bored with it so let's let's move on to it that's not easy to stay with it so my disciplines of staying with it were also reinforced by john maxwell um when i met him 28 years ago and john says there's five things he does every day right what do you mean john what do you mean john by every day every day Every day. So I read every day, which is one of those five. I think every day. Yeah, I, I file it away. And that's my head memorization. I ask questions and have conversations like this. And I write, I build presentations. And so that's what I do every, every day. And have been since I met John like 28 years ago. Um, and it's just been a system and a process, uh, a process. It's the discipline of doing it every day that makes the difference. Hmm. There uh, it is. Yeah, forcing myself. I like that. I in my in the attitude superpower training, I teach about the two D words that guarantee success. You know, spoiler alert, it's discipline and decision. Actually, they're in the other order. First we make a decision, and now we need to stay disciplined to it. But when I write this out, I put two D's on top of each other with an S at the bottom to make it plural. But that S really should go in between because it stands for systems. If we make a decision and create a system for it, it's easier to stay disciplined to the system mm. than the decision. The decision is one of those like emotionally, oh, I don't feel it anymore, so I'm going to make a new decision. No, 
I made a decision to get healthy and work out. I'm not going to re-decide that because it's snowing outside and I don't feel like walking outside. I'm going to stick with my system. I'm going to get a gym membership. I'm going to wear my pedometer or whatever my system is, is what I'm staying disciplined to. So that's why also I just love that you just said those two words right in line and then you differentiated or defined them. That's, that's where the power is. That's good. I love that. I love that. Discipline, decision, discipline. And yeah, really, that's it because uh, really it's decision that's it. system and discipline, right? Yeah, decision system, it's the system. I love that. I'm following your your process and didn't even realize it in some of your models. Uh, or I have analyzed people and figured out the model that they didn't, like you said, realize that they were doing. <laughs> wow, wow, that's good. Okay, so I like I like that. So here you are, you're very good at getting into other people's world and catering to their preferences. When are you Bruce? When do you get to be full ID Bruce? Oh, wow. So that's a great question. Um, I get my permission to, to be me all the time. Because I really believe you bring your best self when you can bring your authentic self to the table. Yeah. Just as an example, I I was doing an all-day off-site the other day and had a team of really high-end uh, directors here at NASA I was working with in the room. And when I walk in, I just I bring Bruce because I know the role I need to shift into it. That day, I was a facilitator. I was a, a a trainer, and so I'm bringing the room, keeping the energy up, and that's an example when I can be fully on Bruce. Um, I'm fully on Bruce all the time. I don't dif differentiate even when I'm slowing down to study the room because that's part of the discipline to make sure I can connect with that person at a better level. Um, I'm fully on Bruce 24-7. I really am. Um, my wife used to work at the post office <laughs> and she, uh, she worked there for 35 years and she sold stamps to people and she was on the front counter and people would come to her and see my picture and they would say, it is, is Bruce, that's your husband, Bruce? Yeah, that's my husband. Yeah. And they would always ask her, is he always like that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And that used to bother her initially, but then uh, she's like, you know what? That's a huge compliment. She said, you are you, you are you 24 seven. And the energy that I have, it's nonstop. I don't like to go to bed at night, 11 o'clock at night, 1130 at night. Then I wake up in the middle of the night. Sometimes I would roll over and wake her up. Hey, let's talk. I want to ask you about oh this, God. you know, <laughs> and she's a C, right? So you can imagine, uh, but I'm full on Bruce all the time, whether I'm in the gym working out whether I'm at the grocery store, whether I'm, you know, in the parking lot and somebody dropped something, excuse me, I'm just Bruce. I'm here to love people, add value, make a difference. Uh, that's where I get my energy charge. It's not just in, in front of a audience like I was facilitating the other day. Um, it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's in Brisbane. It's having those private conversations in the airport. I really get charged 
by adding value and making a difference. But I can't add value and make a difference from my perspective. I've got to find out where you are. What are you going through? What do you need? How can I come alongside and just love you unconditionally and add value? Uh, so I love 24-7. Yeah. I love Thanks. that because so I'm I'm you know technically a DIC. That's what the assessment says I am. I'm definitely more in that task mindset. So when you say that you focus on them, that that's a task to me, but but just having this conversation, like every conversation I have with you, you give such a great visual on how no, it's about people and you don't have to shut off who you are. You shouldn't shut off who you are. You embrace who you are and you also embrace who everybody around you is and lean into that. Still be you, but lean into who they are. That's so beautiful. I can't even put to words the vision or the visual that I just received hearing you say that. Thank you. I'm so glad this is recorded. I can watch it over again. Oh, again. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. So as we wrap things up and, and, you know, the, the, the audience, we, we don't see our audience when we, we do podcasts necessarily. Um, but, but what, what would you want to say? to people out there that whether they understand this they're, or if they're unconscious, like you were 20 some years ago, what, what would you want to say to leave them with? You know, that's a great question. I can honestly say when I began to study DISC, I didn't know I didn't know. And my poor wife were such polar opposites. I didn't know how I, how I could frustrate her. I'm the kind of guy that, that I would be driving, you know, to a restaurant we've agreed upon, Hey, let's go out to eat. Let's go to Olive Garden. And we're heading down the road. And without even saying anything, I would turn right instead of, you know, continuing straight to go to Olive Garden. And she would say, what are you doing? I'd say, Oh, I thought we'd go to, you know, let's go to Texas roadhouse instead or whatever. And so that messed with her plan. Right, Because once she had, as a C, a plan, what she wanted to do, I must have frustrated the mess out of her for so many years. And when I started to learn about personalities and DISC, and I began to realize I was placing too much value on my lens and my impulsiveness as an I and not enough value on her. Wow. And so... I learned that I could upset her by just something as silly as turning right, but it wasn't silly to her. It was important to her that she know the plan. We follow the plan. We thought about the plan. And as you know, my wife passed away one year ago, a week ago. After 35 years of being married, um, I miss her incredibly. Um, because she was the stability, the rock, the detailed one. And I fell in love with that. I fell in love with her lens. And I miss it. I miss her. Uh, if, um, if I left the people in the audience with anything, it's people are beautiful. 
step out of your lens, step in into their lens of how they see the world and just value them and love them unconditionally. But it takes intentionality to do that because we're so hardwired for how we how we view the world and how we like to to be and respond. It may just open up your world to a whole nother world. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for all you continue to teach me in your just living and, and having a friendship and the way you communicate with me and John, my husband. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for leaning into us. And thanks for letting me pick your brain a little bit. Oh, sure. Thanks. Anytime. I hope this topic has challenged you in thinking differently as you strive to grow from success to world-class. Please follow this podcast, share it with your friends, and follow me and Unity Consulting on all social platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and our websites, unityconsultingllc.com and kathyrotes.com. Just make sure to spell my name right. I look forward to connecting with you next time to challenge your habits so that you are more efficient and fully empowered.